in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. Folks, we are an advisory firm. We're independent. We're registered. And we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies, when you call 513-575-9654 and schedule a visit. There's no meter running. Leave your wallet purse at home. We'll meet on a complimentary basis as many times as necessary to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. Now, for your convenience, we do have multiple office locations. Milford's a home office. Love to see you here on the east side. But we also expand out to Blue Ash, Westchester, and even across the river in Florence, Kentucky. And imagine this, folks. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys, Greg, Barry, or James, when you call to schedule an appointment. We're not going to push you off into a junior advisor. We're all senior advisors here. Now, if you have a 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan, and you're no longer with that company, chances are you probably should roll that out, take control of it, either traditional IRA or, or Roth, whatever the tax side is. But take control of it and invest it how you want to invest it. We can help you with that. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email or answer every single one at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James, what's going on today? Well, today's topic is the five key factors to determine, or at least to help you determine, when to retire. Now, what we're really saying is that you should not rely on a number when it comes to retirement. I know when, when we see people, typically some of the questions that they ask would be like, well, when can I afford to retire? Or how much money do I need saved up to retire comfortably? Now, the key word there is, well, the comfort. What's your lifestyle? What's, what's your living standard? What's it going to be while you're still working versus when you're retired? What's your spending habits? Maybe what's, if your husband-wife team looking at this, going, what's the husband's spending habits? What's the wife's spending habits? Not to make any assumptions here, but sometimes one is different from the other one. But these are questions that I think people expect that there's some type of a quick or easy answer to. but Normally, that's really not the case. And what we're saying is that even if you go do your own research, that means go on the Internet. Must be true if it's on the Internet. Pull up some uh, the calculators asking a, a few questions such as your age, life expectancies, current savings, retirement date. These are all variables that you must enter or put in the calculators to actually get some type of answers out. But typically, the, the numbers that they pop out will say, and it could be from a wide variety of numbers, from a million dollars to $5 million, maybe $10 million. But it really comes down to this. Based on your unique situation, whether it's the individual you, maybe it's the collective you, what's the magic number that you need in order to live and maybe to afford a comfortable retirement? And there are many factors involved when planning for retirement. And that's what today's show is all about, is helping to uncover 
some of these factors. You know, you hear a million dollars, James, thrown out, but it could be a lot less. Uh, many of our clients still have a million dollars and they're retired just fine. It depends on your other cash flow buckets. And it also depends on how you want to structure your income when it comes to investing, whether it's the income now versus the income later. There's the thought process of trying to serve two masters at the same time. So if you have one single investment and it's designed to provide future growth and current income, that seems like you're tying two horses by the tail together and slapping them on the rear ends, letting them go both directions. It just usually does not work that way. What we're saying instead is that you should have a separation of investments, whether it be market-based investments, bond replacement strategies, and yes, we are referring to indexed annuities for bond replacement strategies when it comes to how to efficiently, keyword there, efficiently generate income when it comes to retirement planning. Barry, let's go through the thought-provoking questions. All right. Let's, uh, while we just talked about this, what is, uh, what does the term magic number refer to? Uh, how much will healthcare cost and play a factor in your retirement plan? What are some of the common assumptions that many pre-retirees and retirees make? What factors should be considered when determining a retirement income plan? Should I invest my money differently as I get closer to retirement? Where do I start when building a legacy plan for my beneficiary? How do I determine how much money I should have allocated to the stock market as I get closer to retirement? What steps can I take to help make me live a fulfilling retirement? Different things make different people happy, James. How can inflation, that, that nasty word inflation, impact my retirement? And how can I avoid outliving my money in retirement? Well, let's go through a couple of these just off the top. Healthcare costs, for example. Now, typically, when we look at what does the average retiree spend, and we're talking about retirees here, we're talking about a couple that's in retirement, age 65, starting off retirement at age 65. But in general, you're going to look at spending throughout your retirement years about, and this is in today's dollars, by the way. So based on today's figures, $260,000 is what you should budget for lifetime healthcare costs. That includes your premiums, your deductibles, your co-pays, your out-of-pockets, all that fun stuff. What it does not include is the potential cost of a long-term care stay. So for starters, if you're looking at what does that cost in today's dollars, it's about $8,000 a month. Spread that over a full year, you're looking at close to $100,000. So when you're budgeting or planning for retirement, kind of the same thing there, and you blow a $100,000 hole in your retirement budget, also known as your retirement plan, well, that's just a potential expense, right? What's the likelihood of going into a nursing home? And if you're looking around the room going, well, honey, sorry, it's it's you, it's not me. That means there's about a 50% chance once you've reached age 65 that you're going to have a long-term care stay in your future. If you're reasonably healthy. If you're reasonably healthy, yes. Now, that's just that's just it. When you say, well, what's reasonably healthy versus completely healthy versus maybe not so much. So that's we're going to talk more about that throughout the show today. But when we look at how to invest your money differently as we get closer to retirement, well, this is also a very subjective thing. We have a number of clients that are in their 70s and 80s, and they enjoy, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, or they appreciate 
what the market risk is all about. So they understand the ups and downs of the market. And sometimes when the market is going down, they look at that as just simply a buying opportunity. Like stuff is on sale. Now's a good time to actually buy more of whatever they're investing in into the market. And there's others, and this doesn't necessarily equate to the age, but it does become more frequent as we get older. So in other words, as we get older, most of us become more conservative. Maybe not politically, but investments-wise, we become more conservative. In fact, that fear factor sets in that says, well, if the market loses some of my investment dollars, and especially when you're looking at retirement or you're in retirement, and you don't have the income, the renewable income coming in on a monthly basis to replenish your nest egg. That's when especially people start really thinking twice about the market risk that they take. And typically, we see them dial down their market risk. Now, that's not necessarily the, the wrong way to invest. It is just simply a way to invest. It all gets back to if your investment, if your risk that you're taking in the market is keeping you up at night, if it's making you lose sleep over what the market is doing, whether the roller coaster is going up or the roller coaster is going down, that's an indication that you are taking on too much risk. So it's a very subjective thing. It's not a one size fits all. It's not a one age fits all. It's a very personalized, unique situation. Sometimes even the husband and wife don't agree on how they should invest whether it's be the individual or the collective investments. So there's there's many different factors that goes into saying, I should invest X number of percent in the market based on my age. That's kind of a an approach that might work for some people in say for the target date funds. And what we see with the target date funds with like 401k and those types of investments through employer plans is this kind of a lazy approach to investing people that don't really know otherwise what they should invest in, and they don't seek out advice to say, well, what's maybe the best way for me or for us to invest? And they simply put it into a target date fund as like the default option to their 401k plan. So I'm saying, once again, it is a way to invest, but maybe not the best way to invest. Those are just some of the things we're going to talk about throughout today's show. So our phone about the office, 513 575 9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Worth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, which means we're not captains of mothership. We can go out and find anything that you may need, all the, the whole universe of investing is available to us and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest so we're going to work for you as clients not companies 
So give us a call, schedule an appointment at 513-575-9654. There's no meter running. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis, no charge whatsoever, until we uh, fully analyze your situation, come up with a plan for you, a personalized plan for you. And usually it takes two, three meetings. It might take more for some, but uh, usually we can get her done in two or three meetings. We have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. As always, we can help you roll out that company plan. If you're no longer with the company, or even if you are still employed and you're over 59 and a half, a lot of companies will allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover. Take control of your money before you retire. Keep, keep contributing. Keep getting a match. Or definitely, if you're not with the company, chances are you probably should roll that out. Uh, give us a call at 513-575-9654. This is our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. She's over an email at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James? Well, going back to one of the initial questions when we first consult with uh, prospective clients, and they're asking, when can I afford to retire? Or maybe it's, when can we afford for me to retire? And yes, it's difficult to give maybe a confident or even a correct answer without first having a full grasp on your financial situation. That means that we need to do a little bit of a deeper dive and understand what your entire situation looks like. That's so that we can give you a correct answer. And that also means that the answer really doesn't come that quickly, at least not during the initial, the first consultation. That's why we almost always want you to come in for a second or even a third appointment so that we can first do the the fact finding and then second appointment present our findings make recommendations and then the third meeting is if we need to tweak or change what our recommendations were based on just simply what your feedback is so that's why it typically takes about two to three appointments to come to a good understanding and solution of your situation barry well uh, just like uh, most anything else you've worked for in life, uh, a, a successful accomplishment, they often occur because you spent time and effort in the front end preparing for that moment. And once it comes to fruition, there's a great feeling of, of accomplishment for, for most people. We want to view your retirement the same exact way. A common analogy, you're not a doctor, so you probably don't self-diagnose, although I do all the time, <laughs> and treat your major illnesses, right? You go to the doctor. Well, the good news, you don't have to self-diagnose your retirement either. You can go with, see someone like us that can help you navigate before, after, and during your retirement and put all the pieces together. It's like a puzzle, James. Well, how about this for the self-diagnosis? You should understand at some point in time when you should see a professional, whether it be for medical or financial treatment. That's where we come in, the professionals. Now, assumptions to avoid when doing retirement planning. And yes... Assuming is a very common thing that we do in our everyday lives with really just about everything that we do. Sometimes assuming works out in our favor. Other times, maybe not so much. Now, depending upon what it is, most people really, they're not afraid to assume with the things that have very, I'd say, little significance in their life. Here's an example, maybe a simple one. You're going to be outside watching your kid's soccer game. Forecast calls for a slight chance of rain. Based on that assumption, you decide not to bring an umbrella. And if it doesn't rain, well, great, you're right. And if it does rain, well, you may get yeah a little bit wet, but unless you can find someone who maybe has an umbrella to share with you. But anyways, it's not going to have a major detrimental impact on your life 
if you get a little rain on your head. But we often see people, however, when it comes to retirement, making some significant mistakes and mistakes that, you know, when they assume was something that has uh, one type of an impact and it turns out to be entirely different, that's when sometimes measure twice and cut once. When we consult with people who have pension buyout options, for example, and they're trying to decide between door number one, which is the lump sum option, versus door number two, which is the annuitized take the monthly payout option. Now, option number two typically also comes with different types of variations like, do I have a spouse and then is there a spousal benefit? And is that spousal benefit at 100%? Is that a 50% or is it some other percent? Is there a certain number of years where we get payments? There's many different factors that go into that particular decision-making process. If you do have something like this, we can definitely help you with that process, with that decision-making process. We can help you to analyze if there's a buyout offer or if there's the annuitized pension offer, how to measure if door number one versus door number two is the right approach for you. We do this a lot with our prospective clients when they come in, they're looking at which is the best way to go. Sometimes it's as simple as taking the lump sum approach. But if you don't understand how to measure the buyout factor or the payout factor, that's all the more reason to come see us. Barry, let's just go ahead and, and skip to the next part about the magic number. Yeah, let's talk about the magic number uh, or magic retirement number it refers to the total amount someone should have saved in order to be successful in retirement. Uh, this can be very difficult sometimes, but what's your definition of successful? It could be a million. It could be 10 million. Oftentimes, it's a lot less than a million, especially if you've got multiple pensions, you've got Social Security or you've got some kind of fixed index annuity that you're pulling a self-funded pension from. But regardless, you should not base your retirement prim primarily on your magic number because uh, we all know life those curveballs and uh, the magic number could certainly change depending on what happens in your life. If you factor in a variety of things about your lifestyle uh, and retirement to be more precise about your magic number, then it becomes more credible, of course, for you to determine how much you need. But even if that is the case, you cannot let the magic number be the primary factor. You can't, you can't just get too hung up on it, especially when you hear people I won't mention any names. It says, well, you need five million nowadays. You need this million. You need that. It used to be a million bucks. But uh, we just, in everyday living in our retirement, we, we, we just don't see any particular number that comes out. It's simply one piece of the puzzle, James. But there is a certain, I'd say, a comfort level when someone says, well, I have a million dollars. And yes, that's a very good start. Maybe it's a great start. But it really... This is, this is when you say, well, what's my gross versus what's my net? And the gross versus the net is, could be, for many people out there, a very large difference. Think about your tax return. When you say, well, what's my above-line gross income versus my below-line taxable income? The government cares mostly about what's your taxable income because that's what Uncle Sam gets to collect money on is your taxable income. So once again, your gross versus the net is just as important when you say, well, what's my magic number? Now, assumption number two is about life expectancy. And yes, the most common fear still amongst retirees, 
people who are still in that phase of, of planning for retirement or nearing retirement is the fear of outliving their money. Now, maybe a close second is, for the love of Pete, whoever Pete happens to be, don't put me into a nursing home while I'm maybe running out of money before running out of life. All jokes aside, it's like this. To know how much money you need to save for retirement, you need to have a pretty uh, a good idea of how long you're going to live. How many years will be drawing from those retirement savings from your nest egg? Problem is, no one really knows exactly how long they're going to live. You might have a fairly good idea. It might be that your family, your mom, your dad, longevity-wise, lived into their 80s or into their 90s. And if that's the case, well, depending upon your lifestyle, you might also live to be about that age. Here's one example we had recently about, this is about a year or so ago. Client comes in or prospective client comes in, says that, well, my father's turning 85 in a few months. And years ago, his advisor setting him up on a plan to have his money last until his life expectancy, which was 85. Problem is, dad's still healthy, about to run out of money. And now guess who's going to have to maybe start supporting? And that's the, the son, the family. So that's just one, you know, simple illustration about potentially running out of money before running out of life. It's like, how do you afford this? You know, longevity is a risk factor. And there's more, there's much more about this. We're going to get into the different types of assets, whether they be your primary assets or the concept of contingent assets. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned to listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are an independent advisory firm with, with a fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for you. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. And when you come to visit, it's completely complimentary until we decide to do business together and we'll create a personalized plan for you. Uh, we have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky, so give us a call and schedule an appointment. Love to talk to you. 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. There's podcasts of this show and other shows. If you want to uh, catch up, send us over an email. We'll answer everything online. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. So we've talked about, um, James, you pretty much finished up on your uh, life expectancy. Well, just a reminder about life expectancy. If you think you're going to live to be age 85, maybe the best advice is add about five years to that and plan for age 90. And that way you at least have a little bit of buffer in your retirement plan before you maybe do run out of money prior to running out of life. I don't, when I do planning, I don't even like to run out of money anytime. It should keep rolling depending on what kind of investment you're in. But anyway, uh, how about this? Contingent assets, James. Contingent assets. Many people today have 401ks, 403bs, some type of company plan from their employer. Uh, maybe they also have an IRA, traditional SEP, simple Roth, or some other type that they save money into, or maybe a brokerage account. Who knows for the retirement? These are assets of yours that uh, you should be familiar with, and hopefully they will play a role in your retirement. Now, contingent assets, on the other hand, are something 
and that we encourage you not to assume at all. Uh, a lot of people do. I hear this. I see it. Contingent assets uh, could be something like inheritance for your parents that you think you will receive. And things like that change. I've seen it. Fall out of favor with your parents, and all of a sudden you don't have that inheritance. But other the parents spent all your money. Oh, wait, oh, all yeah. of their money, not your money. That, it's their money. That's right. That, I've heard that. I've got some funny stories, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, other contingent assets could be large end of your bonus, uninvested stock options, or money that you think you might get but aren't positive about. Like, and I know people think this. I play the lottery every week. Eventually, I'm going to hit, and that's oh. my retirement. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of half jesting, but there's probably people out there that really think that is. Unfortunately, you see many people bringing this up when they talk about their assets or about their plans for retirement. This is an assumption that you probably want to avoid. That goes without saying, I know, folks, but instead, the best approach is really don't count these. It's all extra. Uh, uh, you may w- want to track these assets, but don't count on them. Just don't count on them. It's like yeah. the bird in the hand versus the two in the bush, right? So going back to the vested versus unvested, this includes your 401k plan at work, by the way. So if you're a fairly new employee, for example, you may not have been fully vested yet into what your 401k plan balance is. Now, you may look at that as, as this is your money, but if you're not fully vested yet, well, guess what? It's not fully your money yet either. Barry, did you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. And I just met a young, I meet a lot of young people in their 20s. And they they consider Social Security contingent. You know, a lot of them, they said, I'm not counting that. I hope that's not the case. It's unfortunate they think that way. But I understand. I understand that. But it should still be part of your plan anyways. And when we say that, because what's, Better than just simply assuming that it's going to be there is also figuring out ways to maximize your benefits from the program. Now, there's a number of factors. In fact, there's approximately 567 different ways to file for your benefits. Doesn't mean that it has to be complicated. Just means that it can be complicated, especially when there's not just individual retirement benefits at stake, but maybe there's spousal benefits. Maybe there's family benefits especially important when people have had children later in life, they might still have dependent children at home when they're contemplating when to start turning on Social Security. So that's all part of the decision-making process, part of our maximization report, by the way, that will show you how you can maximize your benefits from the program. Because guess what? If you don't draw the most beneficial way to, to get your benefits from the program, It's not like there's a beneficiary for this. It just simply goes back into the program. That means your family does not get the benefits that you do not receive. It goes back into the Social Security program. Therefore, if you don't take it, your family won't get it either. That's all the more reason to come see us is to find out ways to increase potentially not only your individual benefits, but perhaps your spousal, family, and survivor benefits and get the most out of the program. Get the most out of what is rightfully yours. That's the entire point. It is your money. You should get it. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. All right. Assumption number four is about inflation and the impact of inflation. Now, this is another one that I know, believe it or not, we still see people who somehow neglect to include 
or factor in what's the impact of inflation over the course of their retirement. Now, if you simply look at what we've had in recent years for the, I'd say the measure of inflation, it's been right around 3%. Now the government, this is based on the consumer price index, the CPI, and yes, they do factor in prices of hundreds of different items in more than 200 different categories, and it still comes out about the same is, according to our government, officially, inflation is right around 3%. Now, if you've gone shopping, going to Kroger's, going to Myers, going to whatever grocery store that you belong to, well, sometimes it's a little bit sneaky in ways that the prices have gone up. So maybe the price is still the same or relatively the same, but maybe they've just shrunk the packaging. So in other words, the price of bread, eggs, and milk is still going up. It's just going up in different ways. But the bottom line still about inflation is that if you fail to properly account for this, it will definitely, definitely have a negative impact on you throughout the later years of retirement. So for example, if you're going to assume that inflation is going to be about 3%, maybe in your budget or your plan, maybe factor in that your plan counts for 4% or maybe even 5% for the rate of inflation. That way for personal living expenses like your groceries, utilities, entertainment, other areas, colleges, medical costs, that's that's maybe the point is the medical rate of inflation has been around 5 to 6% versus the overall rate of inflation has been averaging around 3%. Doesn't mean it's always going to stay that way. It just means that's what it has been for the past 10 years. Now, Barry, let's go through, just kind of put numbers to these different categories about when we look at what's the what's yeah. the cost of something today versus what's the cost of something and, in, say, 20 or 30 years from today. And I don't necessarily agree with all of these, and they don't apply to me, but let's talk about some of these. Dinner out. Now, this is for one person, I assume, Jim. Yes, it's for one person. today. I don't know where you're going. About White Castle will cost you that. but And in 30 years, in 2050? $29.30. How about cable, TV, and internet? Today, $99, $256 in 30 years. Heck, mine's $256 now. How about a cup of coffee? $3 today, $7. Heck, it's $7 today some places. Yeah, you're right. You go. Depends on what you get. <laughs> uh, airfare, oh my, of course, that can vary tremendously depending on where you're going. $361 today could be $934. Is this based on a 3%? Yes. Uh, okay. And then uh, how about jeans? A pair of jeans, $34 today. Really? That's a cheap pair of jeans, Is by that, the way. With or without holes? Don't they cost more with holes? <laughs> uh, $49. That's not bad in 2050. Electric bill. Mine's more than 1300 but that's what they're saying here. Could be 5200 How can you afford to pay that, James? How about nursing home monthly stay? 8000 now? 16,000, it's going to double in 30 years? At least it's going to double in the next 30 years. So, you know, there's there's no easy assumptions that can give you a quick answer to figure out exactly how much you need to be safe for retirement. Instead, you need to think diligently and do some planning. That's where we come in on the front end to ensure the retirement can be somewhat how you envision it. We understand that planning for retirement can be stressful, of course, and uh, it's it's not it doesn't fit in the expertise of most people today. So it may be in your best interest to find a good financial advisor, James, like Brown, who specializes in retirement planning and all the ancillary things that goes along with it holistically. 
someone you feel comfortable with. Yeah, I don't know where some of these prices came from. When they're saying 30 bucks for a pair of jeans, Yeah, that must be like the Walmart or the Sam's Club types of blue jeans or but used if you're going yeah if you're yeah go go out to the goodwill store right but if you're looking at for something fashionable it's already more than that it's already more than 49 dollars, much less 30 years from today 49 dollars. and airfare i know flying out of cincinnati's airport is about the most expensive airport seemingly in the entire world at least it seems that way so 361 for the price of airfare today uh even that's a little bit low and I know the uh, the pandemic has definitely impacted different things that we're going to do as far as activities, eating out, dinner for one, dinner for two, you know, dinner in, flying anywhere. Let's but, take a break. Then. Yes, let's take a break. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we are a registered investment advisory firm, independent, and a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies, when you call 513-575-9654. There's no meter running, completely complimentary. No matter how many times we need to meet to fully analyze your situation, two, three, usually a couple times, third times, you usually wrap it up uh, to complete a personalized income plan for you. We have multiple locations for your convenience, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in beautiful Florence, Kentucky. Imagine this, folks. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys, Greg, Barry, James, and we rotate around and do this radio show. You're going to meet one or all three of us. We're not going to push you off of your advisor that you've never heard speak, that you haven't made a connection with, give us a call, 575-9654. 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan, TSP, MOUSC, we can help you roll that out. If you're no longer with a company, probably should want to roll that out into a traditional IRA or maybe a Roth, depending on the tax status. Take control of it. We can help you. It's very easy. Visit our website. Review all our podcasts at brownfinancialadvisors.com. How about an email? Send us an email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. All right, James, what's going on? All right, let's talk solutions. So solutions, key factor number one, create the proper liquidity, income, and also your growth slash opportunity bucket. And this is, again, for your individual, your unique situation. Now, one of the key factors when getting closer to closer to retirement is creating an appropriate balance. It's one of your favorite words there, balance in your overall retirement portfolio. Usually when we're younger, maybe still working is, is the point here. And at that point, typically people are willing to take on more risk as far as market risk as they are investing towards retirement. But as we get closer to retirement or actually into retirement, closer to that so-called finish line, right? Most of us tend to dial back the market risk. And that's because most of us, maybe even all of us, are saying, I don't want to suddenly lose 30 40% of our nest egg simply because the market took a big, giant dive like what happened back in March. 
And that's also compounded by if we're just now entering into the retirement phase and then our nest egg loses 30%, then what do we do? Does that mean we have to go back to work? How can we afford at that point to actually retire? So one way to at least potentially reduce the impact of this risk or this type of risk is to create a better balance. That means separate your money into the three different types of buckets, a liquidity bucket and then an income bucket, and then finally also a growth or opportunity bucket. So the growth opportunity bucket, just like the money you invested that you're, you know, when you're still working, that's your market-based money. That's your exposure to market risk, which also means, by the way, exposure to market volatility. Now, it's there because hopefully for your future, there is still a future. Even if you're re in retirement, the future growth potential is to help you keep up with and to at least have the potential of outpacing the rate of inflation, hopefully significantly outpacing the rate of inflation, and also keeping up with the cost of living your lifestyle choices. So if you're going to have money on this side in this type of bucket, you need to understand what's the consequences of doing so, which means your investments are subject to market risk. So within the context of your goals, which is to say your risk tolerance and your investment timeline, this is when the colors of money become very important. The red, the yellow, and the green. So just a reminder, red is your unmanaged market risk. Yellow is your professionally managed market risk. So in other words, you could have the same exact investments, but one is part of a purpose or a plan, and that's the yellow, that's the managed approach. And here's the bottom line in all this is we want to get the red out, which is get you over from unmanaged to professionally managed market risk. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the income bucket that you know a lot of people tend to overlook while they're working, but becomes more important when you near and of course during retirement. Now, if you don't have a pension like many people today, the bucket matters even more because of the need of steady and reliable sources of incomes. Cash flow is king. It's all about cash flow in retirement. But if you do have reliable income sources set up from let's say pension as well as social security, then you probably won't need as much budgeted invested or set aside for income and you can afford to put more towards growth and opportunity side. The key to have an understanding of the variables and impact of your retirement income, lifestyle, assets, liabilities, etc., to help figure out approximately how much you need allocated in each bucket, liquidity, income, and growth. Every bucket has a description and it should be invested as such. Now, when we're talking about safety or safe investments, we're referring to financial vehicles that provide guarantees against loss due to market risks, such as fixed or fixed indexed annuities, green money. Now, a lot of these financial vehicles can uh, vary significantly in regards to their liquidity features and benefits. They all protect against loss due to market. And they can also quite often provide a more efficient stream of income that's a guaranteed stream of income lifetime. as well. It could be lifetime income that's for your individual life. It could be for your collective husband and wife, the, the two lives together. So it could be like a second to die type of a stream of income. Now, there's always that caveat about the claims paying ability of the insurance company, but we are talking about billion dollar insurance companies, A-rated, extremely safe, but nevertheless, there is a tiny bit of risk. That's why we have to put that little asterisk in there too. 
Now, second factor is understanding your lifestyle. And that's where sometimes it gets overlooked about the importance of understanding your lifestyle that you're going to lead or that you'd like to lead in retirement. So, for example, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? What is it that you like to do? What's your your spouse? What do they like to do? Maybe it's you want some alone time. You want to go down to your man cave, good books, newspapers, TV, Internet, bring the buddies over, have a good time. Whatever long-term happiness means to you, that's the point. Now, on the other side, maybe you have some hobbies that are a little bit more expensive. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's shopping on the Internet versus going out to department stores, whatever the case may be. So, yes, some of these hobbies can become quite expensive. So plan accordingly and make sure it's properly budgeted. Here's the point also about this, not only financially, but emotionally. Studies have shown that retirees who keep a busy schedule, that means having at least three to four regular activities and maintain their relationships and social interaction, they tend to lead happier retirements. Sometimes it's also happy wife equals happy life. So you plan for retirement, your retirement that hopefully you can enjoy for your golden years. Yeah. Now, how about this factor? Plan for health care costs. According to a recent retirement study, a 65-year-old couple retiring in 2020 will spend approximately $260,000 on medical costs in retirement. Now, this, this, this does not include the cost of potential long-term care stay. Consider this, a semi-private room and a nursing home costs about eight thousand a month. We've already discussed this. Privacy room costs another one to two thousand a month, and the cost of a full-time home health care aide can be upwards of four thousand per month. Now, medical inflation is trending five to six percent. That's almost double of normal inflation. Why is that, James? It's just because it's expensive, and it's continuing to be expensive. Just as a one-year stay in a nursing home can blow 100 k plus hole in your retirement plan, we may not want to think about becoming sick or ill. So don't get sick or ill, James. But we definitely should plan just in case. Without proper planning, one major health setback can quickly be a significant damage to your financial situation. All right. Another factor, key factor here is adding up your debts. So think about your debt payments and your debt maybe repayments, as typically that they are temporary. Now, I say that because not everyone has a 30-year mortgage that they took out at age 65, but let's just say that you've budgeted, you need $100,000 a year to live comfortably, but of that $100,000, $25,000 is a combination of credit card debt, your mortgage, car payments that you're still paying off. And let's just say five years from now, you're going to have all three of those paid off. So conceivably, at that point, you only need about 75000 a year to live comfortably and also factoring inflation and maybe a few other factors. But either way, your expenses will decrease and that should benefit you significantly. So it's important to understand all of your debts, start working to pay them off, especially the ones with the highest interest rates. And we're out of time, but there's more. There's always more. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. All right, folks. Thanks for listening today. We work for you as clients, not companies. You can find our podcast at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, 
and true for you.